The following podcast contains uncensored coarse language. Listeners are advised that some of the following content may not be appropriate for those under 15 years of age. Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, we're going for a spooky school film. Ding, 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 ding. Time for recess. Yes, because we're watching 1996's The Craft. Why are we watching this, you might say, though? You did a school film poll recently and I thought School of Rock won. Well, it did, but we're delaying it. For a few weeks, you'll find out why in a few weeks' time. But uh, we thought, what should we do instead? Let's watch the runner-up. So, uh, The Craft came second. Do I know? Do you know? Is this a... Is this a... Are you getting someone special on the podcast? Possibly. By the name of... Well, I'll bleep that out, but yes. <laughs> uh, we may have some something special lined up. I, I can't say. That's cool. That's but, a good idea. But we yes. definitely don't know what it is. Yes. No, we don't. But uh, so... While we wait for that, while we wait for the check for Jack Black to... Cl- oh, shit, I said uh. it. No, it's not Jack Black. But, uh, but yes, uh, while we're... It's closest thing. <laughs> it's Australia's Jack Black. But yes, while we wait for that to line up, we thought, let's watch the runner-up. So we're watching The Craft Woo-hoo! from 1996. Which I voted for. Yes. Yay. So uh, here with me uh, are my two very special runners-up. <laughs> Felt Thanks. Rude. I'll take it. Yeah, okay. felt, felt ruder than it meant to be. But uh, <laughs> yes, uh, I'm joined by someone who has seen the film before and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, uh, hoping to end a streak of bad films, uh, as she <laughs> spoke on. about recently, it's oh, Dr. Sarah Curtis. I have hope this time. Now, Dr. Sarah, um, how, how are things? Yeah, they're, they're decent. They're, yeah. they're happening. It's been a little while since you've been on. Yeah, it's been at least a few weeks. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously, you're a busy touring, acting, uh, comedian, actor, lady, uh, doing yeah, your thing. doing all the things. Yes. And uh, work in academia, all those wonderful things. But you're back, you're here, and you're going to watch The Craft. Yes, I am. You... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I no longer have, have seven jobs at once. So mm. I'm looking forward to, you know, actually having some time off to watch movies and have fun. So what do you know about The Craft? It's about magic. Tick. Yep. <laughs> um, is, okay, I'm probably wrong. Is this the one with Sandra Bullock in it? Wrong. Okay. That's practical magic. That's practical magic. Yeah. Oh, I was like, yeah, there's definitely magic-y things with people in it. Yeah, yeah. okay. I know nothing <laughs> yeah. about this film. Right, right time period, but not the right movie. Yeah. Excellent. Um, well, I, I, I will tell you it is about uh, magic and schools those those things i do did get that crossover. that hint from you know the, the topic yes from the literal words that were said at the start of the program <laughs> and it's not harry potter but it's not Good. harry potter um but yes do, do you have a favorite crossover of magic and schools be that magical schools or schools where there are people secretly being magic um in film or in literature in or... general uh, well, probably my one of a late read that i've had uh naomi novich novick um mm. the Sholomance really good series like everything she writes is amazing Mm. um and you know it was it was fun i expected it to be a bit schlocky and it was really entertaining there are a few twists and turns didn't see coming so get on it excellent (laughs) Uh, and as i said we have someone who has seen the film uh please welcome uh tegan mulvaney tegan mulvaney (laughs) yes i hate it when there's more than one doctor at this table (laughs) yes Uh, sorry about that um i mean what would you say is your most specialized qualification that you have um, knowing what breed a dog is. 
from a long way away. It's okay. pretty special. It's not bad. So it could be called you Dogter Dog Tegan Mulvaney. <laughs> okay. Did you count that? Okay. <laughs> uh, welcome, Dogter Tegan. Oh. oh, it doesn't sound as good now, actually, <laughs> no, I say. Um, how are things? Great. Excellent. Uh, also, someone who works in academia and the magical world of theatre. Technically, yes. Yes. And because uh, you, you recently actually had a tour as well. Yeah, a couple of tours. Yeah. A shit one and a good one. Yay. And the good one was lovely. Yay. Yay. The shit one was shit. No. Well, yeah. one out of two ain't bad. Ain't bad. As Meatloaf originally wrote. And then... <laughs> well, as long as you're well paid for that shit. Absolutely. Excellent. At The Craft. Yes. Um, what can you tell us about this film without spoiling it? Um, I bind myself from doing harm to others and harm to myself. That'll be more relevant when we actually that see the film. That does sound familiar. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah, it's like... One of the quotes from it. And, you know, remember the game, light as a feather, stiff as a board, light as a feather, stiff as a board. Remember that one? We used to try and lift your friends at sleepovers with oh, that, two fingers. That, that's not what that game means in, in male circles. <laughs> Very different at male sleepovers. Different sleepovers. Yeah. two fingers. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just dumb. It's schlock, stupid, teenage fun. But it's really well acted. It's got uh, Neve Campbell, Faruza Bulk and a few other awesome people in it. Um I always wanted to be Faruza Bulk when I was growing up. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, she was in Return to Oz and The Craft. Nice. She was like the every coolest. 90s mm. teenager's like dream goth girl. Mm. We all wanted to be her. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's great. Did you go through a goth phase? Um, no, I was a punk. But ah, I, was the, okay. I was punk in the late 90s when it was um, <laughs> fashionable. Uh. <laughs> Which, yeah. So I had like Sid Vicious on a t-shirt with glitter. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. See, okay. I went through a Jedi phase. Oh. Like everyone else is like being punk or that's you so know, comfortable. whatever. And mm. I had like my little Padawan braid and shit like that. It's and great. just big cloaks. Yeah. That's super comfy. Mm. Mm. It's quite nice. That would have been much better. Yeah. I can't think of a phase I've gone through that I don't currently continue to go yeah, through. Yeah, I feel I'm, like you might still be in whatever this your is. Old colourful phase. clothing and yeah. Yeah. Sensible cardigan. Sensible cardigan, but colourful. Yes. L- little ducks on. Actually, maybe I'm going for a duck phase. I've got a lot more duck-themed clothing in the last year. Yeah, but like you've been in the duck phase for a while. I remember buying you ducks in New York in yeah, 2014. Okay. Duck phase. Du- <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, shall we uh, stop talking about ducks then? And shall we watch The Craft? Yes. Let's break my losing streak. Uh, hopefully, yes. I, I believe in this film. Come on. It. It's been a, so long since I watched a good film on this podcast. For those of you listening at home, <laughs> pop in those DVDs, load up those streaming services. Pray it's a good film. Pray it's a good film. <laughs> and, a spell. And relax. It's only magic as we watch <laughs> The Craft. Ooh. Ooh. Duck tails. Welcome back, Sistrin. Uh, we have just finished watching The Craft from 1996, and I'm joined once again by uh, my own little coven, uh, <laughs> Tegan Mulvaney. Hello. And uh, witch doctor, Sarah Curtis. Howdy. Um, uh, Sarah, that was your first time watching The Craft. It was. What did you think? It was not what I expected. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I didn't really have expectations going in, but yeah. because I was like, oh, which movie from the 90s? Let's have a fun the 90s That's kind of, mm. like, you know, 90s school film. <laughs> we're going to have the cliques and we're going to have the cliches. And it sort of did that and then it didn't. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I quite liked it, I have to say. <laughs> it's my first time watching it and I 
I enjoyed it. I I was not anticipating being as drawn into the story as mm. I was. It's it's a lot of fun. I forgot how much fun it was. I I remember I forgot how on on the money it is as far as you know the cliches and stuff are there but also i was like oh that's right this is why this appealed to me when i was 14 Mm. and why we all snuck into each other's houses and convinced our parents to rent it for us on Mm. sleepovers because it was like angst it was like yes i Mm. feel that yes Mm. and there was a lot of angst but it felt pretty pretty genuine in yeah. terms of like it it, it I, i'm not a very angsty person as you've probably no, gathered by now never. Uh, and also i wasn't part of a uh, teenage american school girl girl group you missed out say yeah and but but I, I imagine the two of you were at least part of australian high school uh groups of young females is that pretty much yeah, yeah. was that reflective of the experience oh, i know all of these characters yeah, yeah. I, I i went to school with them like mm. yeah that was the high school experience right. yeah I wonder if some of that's got to. It's so well acted because it's so it's cast well with mm. with the performances. Maybe that's what, like they they've read the script and gone and added depth to these characters, mm. yeah. which is it complements the film. It just enhances the mm. stupidity of it's a stupid film, but because it's because everyone's so grounded mm. in their performances and they take it very seriously. Yeah, it's mm. quite fun. Even things like Breck and Maya running around making his clear improvs like his, his ad-libs in the back I'm like mm. it all works very beautifully for mm. this piece nice jacket just in the <laughs> middle of a sentence yeah, yeah. I'm a boy <laughs> yeah 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 it was um it, I, I think what for me as a first-time viewer the thing that I found really appealing was this wasn't actually a film about magic magic was more just something that they had access to yeah that was what they used to resolve their issues with the world and then later with each other Mm. and the magic was important but this wasn't a film about magic it wasn't i feel like the the opposite end of this would be something like harry potter where the world is set up as oh harry you've got to learn to do your spells and spells will help you do the thing in this it's like yeah there's spells but you know they're a bit like tools we we use them for what we need um and i i thought that because they then focused on this friendship group that came together and then fell apart and how that happened and all the different things that were affecting their lives and the types of people who they were for for me it made it really compelling um and then on top of that yeah there's cool witch stuff happening too yeah and i think it really worked with like the time jumps like Mm. where they didn't just do things chronologically they didn't set things up you had to find things out as it came out but Mm. then like you could tell that weeks and months were passing yeah yeah uh, and it didn't feel jarring. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, it makes sense. They've been working on it. Because you see so many films these days and it's like, what? They became the best witch in the world after three days. Mm. Or they show every ounce of that three days. And yep. so you're so not invested anymore because so you're bored shitless. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was quite uh, interesting as well. They set up a lot of the, like, oh, n- new girl in town. Because the story is, there's a new girl in town. Her name is Sarah, uh, funnily enough. Um, I relate. Yeah, very relatable. <laughs> and she she turns up in uh, wet and rainy Los Angeles uh, with her uh, father and stepmother. They move into a big but leaky house. Um, it was a nice house. It was a nice house once I they got it fixed that up. House. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, she goes to a school. I I thought it was interesting that this was set up as obviously like a, a Catholic school, mm. uh, Saint Benedict's, and yet there was no. There was no like Benedict's friction. Benedict's or Bernadette's? Bernadette's, Benedict's. One of the bees. Benedict's, um, Benedict's is Greece. 
Yes, you're right. Um, but there was there was no um, conflict between the fact they were at a Catholic school and then practicing witchcraft, which which having gone to a, a Baptist school uh, <laughs> when I was um, a bit younger than you know this film, but when I knew the people who you know were basically the characters of this film. It was so anti-witchcraft. Like, that's yeah. when Harry Potter was starting to get big mm. and it was a banned book. I was the only person at school who had Harry Potter, mm. so everyone read my copies. Mm. Uh, and I never got Prisoner of Azkaban back. I am very <gasps> upset. That was the first edition. Anyway, mm. did you bind them from stealing <laughs> books from others? Uh, well, one of my friends who, you know, we were discussing this particular friend as we watched the film, she probably would have tried. Uh, <laughs> she was heavy into witchcraft, like Charmed and Buffy and the white makeup with the black hair yes. and mm. the, the leather everything. And the dog collars. The dog collars. And, yeah, yeah mm. the uh, just the way that she decorated her bedroom, exactly the same. Yep. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. There was a show, because uh, I grew up in Perth in the eastern suburbs with the same sort of people. And we said, we talked about it before, but there was a shop at Carousel mm-hmm. Shopping Centre, which is like, Bogan Central Shopping Centre um, that had all of this stuff in it. Or if you were if you were going to be fancy, you'd go to the Fremantle Markets yes. to the to the Stone and <laughs> yep. Essence shop. There, it's yeah. run by a clairvoyant. Like, mm. yeah, we all did that. Yeah, I I've, I've, I I knew about the Fremantle one. Yeah, but I think the the uh, Carousel one might have been a little bit before I got here. I think so. It was before the re- the Carousel renovation. Yeah, before mm. it became fancy. Yeah, I'm very but- disappointed we don't have a local witch shop now. But <laughs> Where's Hot season. Topic when you need it? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it was um, I, I just thought it was really. There was a lot of stuff layered into this, and they sort of stripped away stuff that they didn't need fairly well as it went. Like, like thinking that there was going to be this, oh, you know, you've got li- literal nuns running around the school. You know, it's like, I'm sensing these girls are into the w- w- witchcraft, but then it didn't <laughs> happen. And we kind of moved away from the school as that wasn't happening. The school was more just, uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty conservative environment, but that doesn't actually this could have been set in a non-catholic high school and be the exact same story i think you've got it's a nice way of setting up a background understanding of them not wearing their uniforms you know you've got that Mm. foreshadowing of her coming to school not in uniform because she doesn't have it yet and then as they go through all four of them are but they they don't even go into that side of yeah. things. I, I just, yeah, it's nice little subtle mm. pepperings of to yeah, a point this where stuff. it was a shock to see her in her uniform yeah, towards the end of that's the film. Right. Where I was like, yeah. oh damn, we haven't seen her in the uniform yet. This yeah. is this is wild. Mm. But I feel like anyone who's been to a religious school yep. can can understand that context straight away yep. and mm. know that you know somewhere there's a teacher going on about witchcraft and like certain books were not allowed in the library. Mm. Yeah. If you say certain words, you're in detention because of practicing yep. witchcraft. It's and, funny that the mm. nuns surprised you because I went to a Catholic school with mm. nuns. And yeah. they, so it, it only occurred to me when you said it. I was like, oh, yeah, nuns. Mm. People don't have nuns at their schools. Yeah, no. And yeah, they're not even at Catholic we, schools yeah. now. No, but there's none of them. Yeah. yeah, there were none, exactly. There's none nuns. There were none. Yeah, I mean, I, I never went to a religious school, but my siblings did. Uh, because of the time we moved to the country, they all ended up going to Explains a local... Explains a lot. <laughs> they, yes. They all went to a local uh, Catholic college that they uh, did not like very much. So I won't mention that it was Irene McCormick's. And um, <laughs> they, but they, but they had that same experience of... Yeah. And, and they responded to it very differently. Like one of my brothers was like, eh, all right, whatever. And yeah, he just got on with, with life. But two of my other siblings did not... Um, enjoyed that experience because of that constrictive nature. Yeah. But none of them turned hard into the thing that was banned like none of them became 
into witchcraft or anything like that. Yeah. And I, but I, but I fully understand the characters in this film and your friend that you spoke about, Sarah, turning into oh, we're not allowed to. Why? Because they must be powerful or yeah. something like that. Um, my mum used to pack me extra special lunches because I'd end up on the bench every day because oh, yeah. I would be the one that said the wrong thing. Or mm. did I tell you about singing? Every sperm is sacred. They asked us to <laughs> sing a hymn once in class. Mm-hmm. And so I sang Every Sperm is Sacred. And that didn't go down well? No. That's a shame. No. That's beautiful. I ended up on the bench for the rest of the year. Then wow. I went to a public school Sorry, after that. W- when you say on the bench, yeah. how, how, how does this operate? Like, the bench? Yeah. How does the bench operate? How does the bench operate? Oh, because you're from the, from the England. Yes, I'm from the England. So it's we- an Austra- is it an Australian? It must be an Australian thing. Well, so the yeah. bench was outside the, either the staff room or the principal's office. Mm-hmm. And at recess and lunch, you had to sit on the bench. Just you weren't allowed there. to go play. Oh, uh, we, we yeah. had the wall. Yeah, basically the same. Um, they make you stand outside, rain or not, oh. uh, and face the wall during playtime. Oh. Is that, is that if you though? hadn't eaten your... No, no, that I was. Can you eat your pudding before you've eaten? Your essentially, yeah. No, as if, if you were naughty, if you were fighting yes. or things like that. Um, I, I, as you would probably understand, being such a goody two shoes, never went to the wall. Oh, you were head boy. Like, come on. Oh no, this was a different school. I was never head boy at the the wall school. I was head boy here, but I used to go to the wall and just uh, sort of play within earshot. <laughs> See, I, I managed to not vicariously yeah. through them. I managed not to get in trouble for those reasons at that school because I treated the religion as like a mix between an English and drama class. Cool. And mm. because I did that and like was like, oh yeah, so you know, studying this book, like a text, mm. I got the top religion mark. <laughs> and mm. I'm surrounded by like all these Christians and they're like, oh you know, God, all this. And I'm mm. just like yeah, so in drama class today, I played Esther. And anyway. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but I, I, I do think it's interesting that that I feel like if you were making the craft today as like a brand new thing, if it was different creators, maybe they would latch onto that. And I actually quite like that yeah. we didn't have that in this film because the, the central uh, tension between these four characters is really interesting, particularly where they all come from. Yeah. And I, I think, as, as an audience member, I felt I was able to really empathize with them even when they were making the bad choices. Yeah. Um, you, obviously, the Sarah, who is uh, her, her mum died giving birth to her, and we find out later was a witch herself, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty cool. Uh, but she's obviously new girl in town, trying to fit in, uh, meets a boy. And, uh, He's very punchable. Very punchable. Yeah. Um, yeah, very, very killable, it turns out, yeah. as well. Um but yes, uh, he yeah. So so she has her story with with Chris and um, the the love spell, I guess, is what they ended up calling it. That yeah. turned him into a rapist. Rapist, yeah, attempted mm. rapist. Yeah. I would say that he was already one. Mm. Well, but that's the thing that I think different is... kind of rapey yeah. though. It's yeah. Yeah. he's he goes into being gross jock rapey mm. <laughs> into incel yeah. rapey, which is it's kind of in yeah i mm. i love that dynamic it's, it's terrifying as mm. it is i think this is why this i don't know if it would be made today i think about it now and i go I, they would they would either go 13 reasons why with mm. it you know like really into it and misinterpret mm. what it's meant to be or they would step back from that and they'd probably add more spooky and more magic and stuff it's like but that's yeah that's what makes this tangible to I guess enticing as a film to adolescents back in the nineties, but maybe even now too, because it's very, it's it's a bit hyper real, wasn't it? It, Yeah. Yeah. Seeing that stuff was like, Oh, I know those, I know both those guys. Yeah. Yeah. And what I appreciate about what they did with the film was that particular storyline. They never for me made it clear 
if it was magic that was doing that to him or if it was what was already there. Mm. Like, I think it was implied that it was the magic because we saw that magic was real at certain points in the film. But at the same time, nothing that Chris did in that film is something that is beyond the realms of possibility no. for a character like It just like turned that. on the obsession to her. That's yeah. it. May- this was, yeah, maybe it reflects, you know how they talk about it's what you do with the magic. You can invoke the spirit and you go light or dark with it. It's what you do. It's almost like because he was the person he was, the spell manifested in him as a really vicious, yeah. nasty thing. That's and how he loves. That's, yeah, that's that's love to him. Mm. Maybe if it was another person that that spell had been placed on. Um, I like that. Like It's almost like magic is subjective in how it's going to mm. impact someone, which yeah. was very very kind of cool concept and i think we see that across the four main characters yeah. as well we have uh, rochelle who is uh, racially abused by uh, a blonde white cheerleader ben type. stiller's wife ben stiller's wife yes um not at the time i presume <laughs> i think they might have been really yeah I'm, okay well they've Christine been Taylor. married a long time yeah um but yes uh, she she racially abuses um rochelle and it's it's very on the nose which mm. i which I know that you found quite shocking, Sarah, and you were like, oh, okay, at one point. Yeah, we're going hella racist. Yeah, mm. um, but again, like the... Rochelle using that newfound power to seek revenge and then seeing the consequence of that revenge and not necessarily learning from it. Mm. because that was that Or was enjoying it, either. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, there was clearly... I don't know if it was regret when she saw... Uh, uh, ben Stiller's wife in the shower with the riffraff haircut, like yeah. it's the the bold cap mixed with the hair that was left, and she was shocked. And I thought that was going to turn from shock into regret of her going, "No, these powers are going too far," but it didn't. Yeah, I was I, I found that a bit strange as well. Like I was waiting for her to team up with Sarah and maybe like, okay, like you know, there is a limit hmm. um, to what we do, and you know what, I I kind of feel good about revenge because racism is bad, but also like let's not take it too far let's not yeah. be as bad as the people who have been abusing yeah. us mm. but i wonder if and for me i go i wonder if that's realistic mm. where there'd be a point where you have to kind of double down on the fact that you've made this choice because they're such a piece of shit at heart like there, mm. there was that because that's a really interesting moment as well because she says i don't know what i did to deserve this which is again quite on the nose mm. but then her friends come in and support her which is that's the part where i wonder if there'd be well, I always thought there'd be any regret because old mate's on the ground with no hair, but she's still got people around her. It, yeah. Was it, yeah, she has a support network. Yeah, yeah. it's really fascinating to yeah. just those little yeah. bits and pieces. Everything is done subtly, which is weird because mm. some of that dialogue is not subtle at no. all. Mm. Today, if they remade it today, it I wonder if they'd do it with, probably wouldn't, but I'd love to see that with more microaggressions. Like we, mm. you just see that pep it all around yeah that would be really interesting yeah um bonnie who was uh scarred mm. uh, with the burns on her back and they healed i really liked the the justification that she had because it felt realistic yeah where she went i've spent all this time hiding from the world and thinking that i'm ugly on the outside yeah and now that i do no longer think that I'm going to enjoy having more social capital that comes with that. Well, also because the spell that she cast was to love herself. Yeah. Mm. So I think that was a rebound of that spell as well, that she was caught within her own spell. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever been to, you know, is it Valhalla? That place, not not 
not the Valhalla. Not, not Valhalla. Yeah. Not Valhalla. <laughs> but the, where they build all the, where you can go play Warhammer and those sort of things oh, yeah. and they build and yeah. they make all the little. Have ever, I been there? Yes. People, yes yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but, so I've been there too. Yeah. This makes me think, think of Bonnie because it's, I, well, I remember going there years and years ago with a boyfriend at the time because he was into it. And I remember looking around going, oh, this stuff's cool, but I, I don't really know any of this, th- this stuff. Mm. And when you walk into that space and it's obviously they are people that have been persecuted at some point in their life because, mm. you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of beautiful nerds in there loving their, loving their figurines and, and painting and stuff, but it becomes their world and they mm. finally get the chance to other yeah. other people. I remember walking into that place and it, and they knew that I didn't know their world mm. and so they treated me like absolute shit. Oh, and really? I was like, it was fascinating because wow. I was like, oh, this is a place of power for you and comfort. Mm. I'm entering this space yep. and you don't want me here. Yeah. So it's like the power change for Bonnie is pretty interesting. I've entered that shop once for that exact same yeah, reason. Yeah, mm. it, it really... Yeah, it resonates. She resonates with that side up for me because I go, oh, mm. oh yeah. Now you, now you're beaut- Now everyone's looking at her, and all she had to do was take a coat off and get her hair out of her face. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 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 Get her hair out of her face. Yeah. See, I I played as the Necrons in 40k, and that meant that everyone hated me anyway because the Necrons <laughs> were OP when they first came out. I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, should I hate you? No, no. But I just I hate you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Take bind you, Stephen. Oh no, I'm doing harm. I've been bound. <laughs> um, and then, and then, yeah, Nancy, who has, I think, got a, a fascinating story of like she's in a, uh, her and her mother are in this horrible situation. They're in a shitty, almost uh, bad boy bubby yes. style, um, like camper van. No, no cats, thankfully. Um, but yeah, they are in this horrible situation with this guy. Was it Frank or mm. some guy? Uh, but point is, he's abusive and he's awful. And then her spell, uh, to, which she wanted to be as powerful as her mother. Was that the phrase? No, as the as like the as power Manon. as Manon. Sorry, yeah. 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 It was, um, but she she took on that power and believes that she caused him to have a heart attack and die. And they get $175,000, which apparently gets you a very nice apartment Apparently, that's a lot of money. In the 90s. <laughs> uh, how times have changed. Mm. But it, I think it's really interesting that she gets that power and is just immediately the worst. Mm. She doesn't even have the slow, like, oh, power. Like, because I feel like with Bonnie, it's a slower, oh, I've got this this power now and I'm going to enjoy it. Um, with, with, with Nancy, she... I think maybe she started out as a bad person just from the beginning, but yeah. didn't have that power. And as soon as she got the power, she just, as you say, doubled down yeah. on being not a great person. Again, though, the realism of it's built on trauma. Like yeah. she is just absolutely, her, she's awful, yeah. but it's all from a place of trauma. So again, mm. you don't hate her because no. you look at that life and you go, well, how would you respond to that? It's so clever. Mm. Is this written by a woman? Um, I know that Andrew Fleming directed it. I'm not sure if he wrote it. I will double check that. But, but it feels this. It just feels like there's enough. It feels like there's a lot of insight. Mm. Do, would you agree? Like, yeah. Again, it's, it's that that realism of going. I know that person. Yeah. Her, like. Yeah. And and Nancy was the one that I most strongly identified with. Oh, yeah. I do. I do know that person. Mm. And it it it's quite confronting when mm. you see them um, put up like that. The story was written by. Uh, Andrew Fleming and Peter Filardi, so two men, wrote this story. Fascinating. Mm. 
So maybe it was the casting and acting. It could, well, maybe there, I don't know, but maybe there was development with the characters or so, something along. There, there is just mm. something about it that is grounded mm. that I can see, because it wasn't well responded. Um, respected when it came out no. in the 90s very, very much a cult hit yeah yeah but there was i can see why it resonated mm. i can see why it became the viewing that every 13 14 15 year old girl in mm. particular obsessed over at parties mm. so the concept for the craft came from a collaboration between the film's producer douglas wick who wanted to have a film that combined the high school experience with witchcraft and the screenwriter Peter Filardi, who extensively researched the topic and wrote the initial draft. Uh, Andrew Fleming was then hired to direct and produce the final version of the screenplay. So it was mm. it was three men. Three men That's who wrote this. Incredible. And yeah. It, and, and, and the silent woman who was their fourth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, the, yeah, their own Sarah that they brought in. Who, yeah, but but no, I mean but you're you're right, because as I was watching this, I was like, this is this feels like a very feminine story. Like it is very I don't know what the experience of being a, a girl in the 90s was like, but from, the res- but from the responses I was getting from the two of you and my own feelings watching it, I was going, I, this feels like they're nailing it. This feels like they're, they're really hitting on on that experience. So to find that it is a largely male creative team um, in terms of the writing is a pleasant surprise, perhaps? Maybe? Maybe men can do it right. Yeah, maybe. Just every now and then you get you get a rare gem from the men. I'm looking at the other things that he's directed and mm. he is a bit of that point like that person. Poison, mm. I was almost Poison. Said. Poison. <laughs> bit of that like poison. he's Is he queer? Or I'm just asking because he's like he directed the new Annie. Uh and he, he uh, Peter Fleming. Oh no, he's in it. Peter Fleming is uh, gay. Um he actually based his 2018 film Ideal Home on his own experiences as a gay parent, uh, helping to raise the son of his partner of 23 years. So, so maybe that feeling of isolation and separation. Oh, that, being an outsider. Yeah, and being yeah. Um, vilified for being you. Uh, mm. Maybe that, because he did Easy A. I'm thinking, look at Andrew Fleming. He did mm. Easy A and all of those as well, mm. which is another cult classic, but what, 10 years, 10 years or so later? Yeah. For the youngies, for the young kids. <laughs> yeah, it's um in, in terms of the the story. The, he the... made a Dolly Parton film. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, he might be gay. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, they 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 all get together. They form their coven. Um, they they cast their spells. Their powers work. Um, and then it starts to go wrong. Um, and. Sorry, he also directed Dick, which I love. I love that film. So you, that was going to be one. I love I love Dick, Dick yes. which is a joke from the film. But it's also one of the other films I wanted to suggest for the for the high school oh, thing. Okay. But I don't know if it set in high school. It's about the Watergate scandal. Mm. Um, but it's about <laughs> that Deep Throat was actually two teenage college like or college girls oh. that bring down Nixon. It's really cool. Okay. Excellent. So he, he wrote that as well. So. Excellent. Oh, no. Well, good, yeah. good stuff, Andrew Fleming. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of the film that uh, he, he wrote here, it, it, it concludes with a, a pretty, like, engaging witch battle that isn't two lasers hitting each other and zigging around. And I obviously that was partly an impediment of the technology at the time where we, we didn't have too many of those big flashbang scenes. A lot of the magical effects were done practically. Mm. That's more interesting. Yeah. Practical yeah. is always better 
Yeah. Like, you know, CGI can be, you know, good to augment things. Hmm. But I think if all you're doing is, you know, having actors on a green screen or in, you know, a 360 degree room that you can project stuff on, hmm. you just don't get the same feeling as, no. you know, yeah. actual practice. The stuff. reality is special. And yeah. It almost feels like it's, it's the last time we get to see those practical effects. They've got the... They've got the special effects yeah. in there too. Like with, with the the fingers yeah. turning yeah, into snakes. And the hair. Yeah, and the hair. yeah, yeah. Like they, and they they do them pretty well. Yeah, like for '96, it's like well, it's, it looks pretty good. Um, but yeah, like they also do throw a chest of drawers at the wall. Yeah, and that looks great. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's it. But I think because you don't have the uh, the the option for the laser pointer, my laser is more powerful than your laser. Push the the, the Dragon Ball Zification that has come in. <laughs> What it did is, it, I, I think it made that final conflict that bit more interesting yeah. in between Nancy and Sarah, and how they showcase their abilities against each other. Like the fact that um, Sarah glamoured herself to make it appear as though she had left her clothes yeah. behind, which was a power that hadn't been discussed at all in the film. No, just but it didn't the, need to be yeah. because the film wasn't about those powers to an extent. It was great. I, I think it complements the idea that they might be shit witches as well. Like they're, mm. they're teenagers playing with witchcraft, mm. um, except for Sarah. So she's can one up them, mm. but that would, but it'd be instinctive for her what she can do. Mm. I, I think it plays into this idea that yes, Nancy has evoked this spirit, but she, she doesn't, she's a bit shit still. Mm. She doesn't really know what she's doing with it. So that, I, I like that. Happens. Yeah, you can see Sarah going out and becoming like, you know, a proper witch for the rest of her life yeah. and, you know, practicing and, you know, getting creative with it and the others obviously yeah. lose their power. Working yeah. with Lirio in the in the carousel store that, <laughs> uh, and going in and doing that. Yeah, and I, I, I liked, yeah, that the, the, the others lost their powers and the fact that they only gained their powers was through Sarah's presence. Yeah. And I, I, I love the fact that she scared them away, reflecting the curses that they had put on other people yeah because obviously they reflected their own insecurities um and it was it was great and it's important that that they didn't die as well yeah it's very important Uh, yeah no none of those four died the only ones that died obviously were heart attack dad and uh chris went out the window um uh, yeah i i i and arguably nancy ends up in a fate worse than death because she ends up in the american healthcare system (laughs) although i find it interesting that she could harm herself enough to scratch her face because the binding was was the mirror i thought it was the mirror the mirror i thought that was her like actually like scratching scratching at it because she'd she'd obviously been there a while yeah it looked pretty fresh yeah could be be. Mm, but i i thought it was just leftover scratches from the mirror Oh, she didn't. She go in her her back back into it rather than face into it. I don't know. Have you been thrown into a mirror? Not recently. Uh, glass. <laughs> well, glass there's one there. <laughs> yeah, glass does tend to go everywhere. But, it, but, but it does. But, but yeah, just thinking like, oh, it would go. Yeah, oh, your rabbit is watching us, and it's cute. Oh, yes. Nori, the rabbit. Your Sarah's familiar. Uh, who is a, a cute rabbit? <laughs> if is I was us. a witch, you would definitely it, be my. Family. If you were a witch, oh, nobody's saying you're a witch. Nobody can confirm. Yeah. The witch doctor Sarah either confirm is a witch. Nor deny. No, um, and then yeah, it ends with with Nancy uh, in the in the um, the asylum and Sarah doing the opposite of an olive branch when she makes a branch fall from a tree <laughs> using a storm to literally cut herself off from Bonnie and Rochelle who are doing a not very good apology and just going nap we're done and I was like yes good 
Good work, Sarah. Well yeah. done. Yeah, they cut those people out. You don't need them. You can have your understanding uh, father who just states obvious things. Was it Daddy Obvious? Daddy Obvious. Yeah, Daddy <laughs> Obvious. Big Daddy Obvious. Yeah. You're f- Sarah, you're feeling bad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I can tell because you're crying. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but you know, she, she can go and be herself and live her life with her family and all of that. And that's great. And, you know, that reminded me of being in year seven and having a falling out with my friendship group mm. at camp. Um, and just that, that very much, that line in the sand of, you know what? You guys have been dicks. Yeah. I am going to walk away and just completely cut you from my life. Were you all as horrible as, you know, at, you know, at the same amount of horrible to me? Probably not. One was probably just going along because that's what you do. Mm. But I was like, you know what? Fresh start. I'm going to find good friends now. And mm. it's still the same, like having a, a teenage child mm. at school. Mm. Like she comes home with these sort of same issues sometimes and I just like it's a hit in the guts because it's just like, oh, I remember what that was like and I have no advice for you because you might just have to do exactly that. Just say bye to all of them. But how do you do that when you're a teenager? What happened? Mm. Like it's... I do private tuition with a 14-year-old. I've known her for like 10 years and you know she'll come to me and be like oh you know my friends aren't talking to me for this reason that reason I'm like look you've only got two and a half years left of school then you're gonna find your real friends like I don't want to like minimize it because it's hard you know it's horrible yeah Yeah, but it's true though unfortunately some people find their prop their whole their friend group and their their life friends at high school and some people don't yeah Mm. i have one friend i'm still friends with from school and you know we met when we're eight years old Mm. and you know there were times where we you know didn't really see each other and didn't talk and then Mm. like you know we we bonded over trauma and (laughs) after a while we're like okay it's been 20 years like we're never letting go no Mm. That's important though, that that trauma bond. I mean, that plays into this film as well. Yeah. That's how they. That's what bonds them together. Yeah, and and makes the eventual breaking yeah. of the group that much more tragic. Totally, as well. which mm. again is it's it's a reality. Yeah. The world is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> but the fun. This film was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a in a, in a in a very sad. It's but a little derivative. Way. This film. There's yeah. things in there where I go, oh well, that's basically from the Witches of Eastwick. That's mm. from this film. That's from that film. But I don't mind. Yeah, and yeah. I'd like to like pause um, on like the magic books and actually read what's in the magic yeah. books because like like you used to do with Buffy and you'd read it and be like, what is that? That's not magic. <laughs> That's just random Latin words that yeah. you thrown together. Yeah. Uh, would you like some trivia about the craft? Sure. Please. Excellent. All of this trivia is sourced from IMDb. So if IMDb it's not true, don't trivia Please you, have that yeah. as the thing. Like, if you just, can come in every week and do that still. Yeah. You know I will. Yeah. Oh, shouldn't have just copy it into everyone from Yeah, do do the magic. Well, well okay. Well, you heard it here, listeners. That's coming back for at least one more episode. <laughs> um, Andrew Fleming states in the DVD commentary that a PG-13 rating was sought for this film. Uh it's rated R, uh, we should say. Um, they followed all the guidelines to earn the 13 rating, but in the final outcome, the film was rated R because ultimately the film dealt with teenage girls using witchcraft, was what he was told. The Catholics came in. Yeah. yeah. Those nuns were like, Mm-mm. well, they would have banned it. They wouldn't have shown it through the Bible Belt. This mm-hmm. is for money, they would have lost. Mm. So much money. So, yes, this ended up being R-rated. Um, an official website of the film said that, quote, 
the crew had to return to the location a second time to complete filming uh, because they were interrupted by several weird occurrences, mm. which caused the witch consultant Pat Devin to raise an eyebrow. I love that there's a witch consultant Pat on this film. want to. Yeah. Uh, as the fog Pat rolled in... Devin is their name too. That's yeah. pretty... <laughs> You, you, you kind of have to do that job if that's your name. It, I think so. Mm. As the fog rolled in at midnight, the four actresses used actual Wiccan rites and language to invoke powerful forces. Then, as Nancy attempted to invoke the deity Manon, a flock of bats hovered over the set and the, the tide rose dramatically, extinguishing the circle of candles. Witchcraft consultant Devon recalls that Manon, a fictitious creation for the film, sounds very close to Mananin, the Gaelic god of the sea from the Isle of Man, where I used to live. Um, luckily, we weren't all swept to sea. Uh, director Andrew Fleming is quoted as saying, every time the girls started the ceremony, and only when they started the ceremony, the waves would start coming up tremendously fast, pounding heavily. Then, right as Nancy said her line, Manon, fill me, right at that exact moment, we lost power. It was very strange. Wow. They should have kept that in the film. Well, they lost power. <laughs> it's like, you know, it, it would suddenly go dark. That's crazy. I, I did wonder if there was a connection to Menanin as well. Um, so the Isle of Man isn't called the Isle of Man because it's an island of men or a single man. It's short for Menanin, who is a Gaelic sea god, who was the island's sort of patron god, basically, because he... Why does it have three legs? Is it, um, you know, the Yeah, Isle the, the Triskelion. The... Yeah. Um, I should know this, and it's not coming Asking to me. Asking why men have three legs, that's not a leg. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah. Um, what, what I do know about Mananin from my, my Manx history is the reason... One, one of the common bits of folklore around him was that he protected the island from Roman invasion because the Romans never went to the Isle of Man, or certainly not for long enough to leave many artefacts. Oh. Um, and... Maybe it was because going to Britain in general was already going quite far. And obviously they ended up building Hadrian's Wall. They were like, this whole island's not worth it. So they, you know, they stopped at a certain point. Um, but they never really settled anywhere on the Isle of Man. And so the rumour was that it was because of Menanin's cloak, which is fog. Oh, okay. uh, so the fog, because it's a very foggy island in the middle mm. of Britain. And so they basically said that any time the Romans tried to come, that the fog would surround the island and would, would protect them. Of course, a couple of hundred years later, the Vikings basically settled on the Isle of Man That's... as their central point because yeah. everywhere was accessible from there because it's right in the middle of the British Isles. And they're not, not afraid of a bit of fog. Yeah, <laughs> but that was uh, part of Manalin's myth. Um, as for the three legs of man... Uh, I'm pulling up a little bit of data because I cannot remember. No, I, I want you to. I want you to know it. Well, I know that the the, the three legs of man. Just make it up. <sighs> so I believe you. The three legs of man, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot, as they're <laughs> known. Um, they, an actual bit in mythology is the reason that there's three legs is because um, there's a saying connected to them, which is like a. a Thing of defiance against larger nation states around them basically saying whichever way you throw me i will stand so basically oh, whatever okay. adversity happens can't stand on one leg but it's always stood on one leg and there is a three legs of man of like a physical statue of it outside the ronald's way airport which is the only airport in the isle of man uh, that is standing on one leg and maybe a bit of a knee from memory but it's it's basically doing the motion okay yeah we've digressed so the craft mm. So the three legs, uh, <laughs> or the triskelion, um, is, an, is an ancient symbol that was uh, used by the... Triskelion, yeah, the... he in Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> yes, yes, Jack Triskelion. <laughs> uh, the Mycenaeans and the Lycians both used it. Um, the werewolves? Yes, the werewolves. <laughs> yes, they grew an extra leg. 
as they ran around. Um, That's why they're so dangerous. But yeah, yeah. There, there, there is a rumour that perhaps the leg, the use of the legs on the Manx flag came from like trade with Sicily that the Vikings did. Oh, okay. Cause it, because, okay. because it is, its origins date back to pre the Isle of Man, like Sicily okay. is, is uh, there's much older evidence of it right. being as part of their stuff. So does that mean when it moves, it moves like a hoop snake? Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Except with like footprints. Hmm. Look, I don't get to talk about Manx mythology on here very much, and it's just really nice to get the opportunity. So thanks, The Craft, for sort of stealing Is this going to be an extra? No. <laughs> it's going in there. No, we this, have to make time this on this is, film. No, no, we don't have to make time. This is just staying in. For, <laughs> it's my podcast. I can do what I want. I'm, I'm full of power now. <laughs> and if you're still with us, <laughs> okay, seven out of ten. <laughs> back to the film. Uh, the shots of Nancy being covered in bugs were created by wrapping a live cast of, um, is it Feruza? Faru- I, I could say Feruza, yeah. Feruza Bulk. A Feruza Bulk's head and torso in green screen material. The bugs were filmed crawling all over the casting and then digitally composited on top of a live action play of cool. Feruza Bulk. Nice. It looked pretty good. It yeah. did. That's mm. cool. Uh, all of the teen, quote-unquote, actresses in this film were in their 20s at the time of filming. Rachel True was 29. Yeah. She was... She's a legend. Yeah, she was almost 30. And she is great. Mm. And I think because all the teenagers were not teenagers, it didn't suffer from that that thing of, like, Saved by the Bell, where or they don't Dear quite... Evan look. Hansen. Yeah. 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 Ten Things I Had About You, the series. Oh, mm. really? It's so bad. Watch it. It's the worst. I don't want to. Mm. In 2017... I, even, I, I haven't even seen the film. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Just get on that. There, there's yeah. a podcast for that, I hear. I th- is there? Yeah. <laughs> they may do it one day. Oh, maybe I won't watch it. <laughs> Just in case. Yeah, yeah, you can be the Just person. in case. Yeah, look, we've got a lot of Manx history to get through first, but once we've done that, <laughs> we'll do 10 Things I Hate About You. The series. Yes. Uh, in 2017, Andrew Fleming, the director, stated that Charmed, the uh, TV show from 1998, Ripped off this film. Fleming revealed that he wrote a pilot based on the movie for Fox in which uh, the WB also had a strong interest. Uh, And it was his idea, uh, and also, sorry, that it was his idea to have How Soon Is Now, which features in this film, as the Mm. title track. The pilot was not picked up and the following year, Charmed premiered. Furthermore, Robin Tunney uh, stated the ripoff was, quote, completely obvious to the point that people would think I was in Charmed for years afterwards, <laughs> end quote. That's fair. Yeah. Um, and th- it is pretty similar. And I do know that in the list of, you know, uh, actors that were considered for these roles, at least one of the Charmed actors Shannon was... Shannon Doherty? N- uh, no, not Shannon and not Alyssa Milano. Milano. The other one. Not Rose McGowan. No, the other one. The other one. Yeah, the the, the one that yeah. we can't remember. Yeah. But she was on that list. Yeah, long um, straight hair. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I, I, I never really watched Charmed. I never. I watched everything but the final season. Yeah, but, but as someone that has seen it, then Sarah, is it? Do you think there's perhaps lineage from the craft to Charmed? Yeah, I can definitely see it. Yeah. Um, with just a lot of like almost like the DNA. Mm. Uh, it's mm. basically if Sarah goes off and suddenly has sisters, uh, and they all live together and have like wacky mm. adventures together. That's how it would happen. Did you have the preference between Charmed and Buffy? Uh, I was a Charmed person as a teenager, okay. um, possibly because the friend who I was discussing all throughout this film was such a Buffy addict mm. <laughs> that I kind of avoided it. 
because all those conversations of Angel versus Spike, etc., etc. Uh. I was like, okay, go away. Mm. Um, so I didn't actually watch Buffy until I was in year 12 when we watched the episode Hush for English. And mm. we deconstructed it. And I was like, I better go back and watch the rest of it now. Mm. Did you have a preference? I know, I didn't watch either of them. Oh, okay. Kind of for that same reason. They mm. were both things that people were obsessed with. Yeah. And so I found my own things to watch and like. Um, I wasn't really into witches. No. I I just did a, the carousel thing because it was there and it mm. was that it was it's so part of the norm mm. then like Wiccan culture and that sort of stuff. You could dress up as a medieval mm. witch yeah. just to go to a ball. Yeah. Like that's that was our ball dress choice. Yeah. That I was close to doing that for my ball dress. Yeah. Mm. Our final piece of trivia. The famous three legs of man appear to have been adopted in the 13th century as a royal coat of arms for the three kings of the Isle of Man. Who added realm... that to IMDb? <laughs> oh, whoops. I'm reading the wrong Is that sheet. why you were quiet? Because you were <laughs> putting that on IMDb? No, our final actual piece of IMDb trivia and not from the Manx Heritage uh, website. Uh, Rumours persisted for years that uh, Feruza Bolk was a practising Wiccan herself <laughs> and an extra on the first DVD uh, release of this film, even incorrectly stated as such. In 2017, she set the record straight that she had merely bought an occult shop uh, in the process of doing research for this film. Uh, she also had several contacts who served as consultants on the film. So she's not a witch or a Wiccan. She just owns a witch shop. Very different And has things. witch friends. Yeah. She just has the wackiest film career as well. Yeah, I just love her justification. Yeah. I, I'm not a witch. Just own a shop. Yeah. And For know all these people. Purposes. Mm. And wear this upside down cross. Mm. And my hair is black. Uh, it was called Panpipes. Flames just come from my hands. <laughs> <laughs> it was called Panpipes Magical Marketplace in Hollywood. Um, and she bought the store and continued to operate it until 2001 when she sold it to. Um, Jamie Darling and Vicky Adams, whom she had bought it, brought in as managers after her own purchase in 1995. Cool. That's so, what I do when I'm researching for a role. Mm. Mm. You I just, just buy, buy the stores, shop. yeah. 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 Well, I mean, you know, uh, if $175,000 is, you know, a lot of money. <laughs> or oh, sorry, not a lot of money. Or is a lot of money. I forget how it works. I like that, though, because yeah. I, I feel like they're setting that up. For, for them, it would be because they're in a very poor, <laughs> poor circumstances. So I get this idea that they've just rented that flat for a week for like 20 grand and then her mum's put in the jukebox and the couch that she wants just like blown mm. i love that yeah that couch was so not a good couch so for that space. ugly but it was so perfect was, at the yeah. same time yeah because they had no other furniture i, I love yeah. that they set that up they've blown all their money on two stupid things and then they go into Nancy's room and she's on a mattress on the floor because yeah. there's nothing else they can afford. I do wonder what Nancy's mum is up to now that the events of the film are done. Because obviously, you know, her Probably daughter... like fitness videos? Probably well, dialysis. Yeah. With all I mean, the, the yeah, alcohol. Yeah, that's fair. It's just, you know, I mean, obviously her only family member mm. is, is in an asylum and that would be really awful. They obviously had... A, that scene where they're laughing when they find out about the money is actually quite special to see... Mm that she cares for her mum. Like, yeah. they, again, there's those little things here and there. You go, mm. wow, this is... Yeah, so, same with the connection between Bonnie and her mum. Yeah, like, yeah, Bonnie and her... Yeah, there's yeah. there's a real understanding of... This is why I was like, it must have been written by a woman because mm. there's an understanding of female relationships, yeah. not just females. Mm. 
because I wonder if the characters, the actors brought that to the character, mm. but the relationships are really um, respected yeah. and constructed beautifully. It feels like a team effort. It really, yeah. really does. And I think it's, it's quite special in that regard. I think so. Yeah. Well, now it's up for us to score the film. <laughs> uh, Sarah, it was your first time watching The Craft. Uh, what score would you give it out of 10? Um, so I had a much better time on this film than I have for the last <laughs> year. Yay! Um, you know, it's very 90s and I'm not a huge fan of films like pre-2000, let's face it. Yeah, we know the 80s are right out for you. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> 70s, oh boy. Uh, you know, they, 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 they improve. So 90s are like starting to get into like, okay, you're starting to learn how to film things and how to act for film. Congratulations. <laughs> You've had a hundred years. You've worked it out. <laughs> They took their time in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's getting there. Um, you know, it's it's quite dated, but, like, there are things that still really work. Uh, so I quite like that it still really hits hard in those mm. areas. Mm. Um, so I am going to give it um, six snakes out of ten. Six sneaky snakes. Sneaky snakes. Sneaky snakes. Uh, what about yourself, Tegan? Um, I'm the same. I like... I think I liked it at... I enjoyed watching it this time a little bit more than I thought I would. I thought it'd be like, yeah, it's trash. It's fun. Mm. I love trash fun. But I actually, I, it was nice to sit and watch it and go, oh, this is actually, this is quite special, the way that they've constructed this film and these characters. Mm. So I'm going to give it seven surprise life insurance policies yeah. <laughs> out of ten. Yeah. I really liked it. I, I, yeah. I, I think that, that that whole treating magic as something that isn't inherently the thing of interest but the thing that reflects who like the a people are a catalyst for yeah. a relationship it, it, i i've realized that's actually the sort of story i i lean towards when mm. it comes to these things and you know it's probably because of reading a lot of things like terry pratchett and things like that that probably has lent or shaped me that way but it was just really well used because I, I honestly came into this thinking ah, okay tegan likes this film this could be anything this could be <laughs> oh oh <laughs> the shade you call me a dog <laughs> now you're insulting my taste you no. know you his face is very punchable it is mm. oh, why is that window open <laughs> uh, but, but no I, I honestly it was more coming into this going okay it's a mid-90s witch high school film this this doesn't sound promising but it was great mm. I, I i really enjoyed this quite a lot it's ahead of its time maybe yeah. it really bombed in the 90s like, yeah like with, with critics yeah and it's a shame because i think they, they do a really a really good job with it yeah. I, I got the, the 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 sort of i really jived with them like having using the the witchcraft or the wiccan practices as a support network for their traumas that they were going through and i totally bought that friendship group dissolving yeah. because of the not them individual members not being able to overcome their issues and the obsession the obsessive friendship the, yeah. like how obsessive friendships get it when you're a teenager yeah. especially when you have blood packs and yeah like knives yeah each other. absolutely yeah no it was um it was a lot people did that yeah yeah people yeah. did that yeah, yeah. In, the, in the in the warhammer shop we're all yeah. we just did it with fake knives <laughs> the only time we bled was when we stabbing each other's figurines yeah blah, blah, blah. I just had friendship bracelets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I I am going to give this uh, film, I'm going to give it um, seven and a half, light as a feather, stiff, stiff as a board. Light as a feather, stiff, stiff as a board. Because, um, yeah, it was... Get down, Stephen! <laughs> Get down! My bot! <laughs> 
But yes, it was it was a lot of fun. Are you doing drugs in here? I wish they were doing drugs. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, but yes, that brings us to the end of our review of The Craft. Uh, Tegan and Sarah, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. And for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening in. Uh, if you want to be a member of our coven, uh, there are a number of ways that you blood can Blood packed. Do it. Yeah, blood packed. <laughs> uh, well, actually, we take a money packed uh, if, <laughs> if you join us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month, which is the financial equivalent Add of a drop of blood. your firstborn child. Yeah, I don't want your firstborn children. But... Technically. Well, mine's been on the podcast, that's so tr- technically. Oh, you know, that's true. If you have a firstborn child that hasn't seen maybe Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> actually, <laughs> that would be useful. Uh, but yes, uh, send your donations, be they children or be they money, whichever one Patreon lets you send through. Just search for us <laughs> over at patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast. There will also be bonus features and goodies. None of it will be Manx. That's Aww. all staying in the episode. Oh, man. Everybody gets that. Um, we might do a special secret Manx history podcast <laughs> where I invite the two of you over and it turns out there's no film. It's just me and a slideshow and a bunch of um, Manx historical artifacts. 300 slides later. With yeah. a Manx cat thrown in yes. as well at one point. Nora is just sitting there like chomping on carrot as he watches. Yeah. It's a really interesting place, guys. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, Patreon. John is there. We're also on Facebook. Uh, just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club there. You for can... the boomers. Yeah, for the, for the boomers. Yeah, I'm teaching a bunch of people who are between the ages of 17 and 20. Um, I've, I'm shocked by how few of them use Facebook. And that's, I think, one of the signs that I'm old. We've approached yeah. it. We are. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on the TikToks, guys. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm with not. It. I'm too old for that. Yeah, but, um, but, but yes, uh, we are on the Facebook if you want to find us there. Uh, just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club there and you can get news and updates. And finally, subscribe. You can get a new episode each and every week just by finding us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. However, you cast those pods, just search for us there. Just like you cast your spells. spells. Yes. Who's going to say? And that is all. So until next time, goodbye. Bye. Lies of feathers, stiff as a board. Lies of feathers, stiff as a board. Remove my scars. Remove. <laughs> take my scars. Take my scars. No, it's take my scars. I. Where's <laughs> my sneak to get to the cheese shop? You stole our cars. Long live the queue. <laughs> <laughs>